Welcome back, everyone, to Refresh My Pockets. Today's topic will be about FAFSA. This is episode one. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, So first, I want to do a little background. So if you ever have any questions about a concept or topic I'm talking about, Um, and you want to contact me, the best way to do that is through email right now. So the email would be refreshmypockets, there's the S at the end, at gmail.com. Again, the email is refreshmypockets at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to answer any questions through email or it may be a next topic on another podcast that I do. You never know. And maybe if you want to bring up topics, you can definitely do that as well. I'll be happy to add that to my lineup. So we're going to start off with a college series um, starting this podcast. So let's get into FAFSA. So when it comes to FAFSA, that is a government um, application that students fill out. Um, to get aid, financial aid. When it comes to financial aid, people usually assume it's just grants, um, so money you don't have to pay back, but it includes loans as well. So you have grants and loans when it comes to the FAFSA or financial aid. A lot of students like to separate them, um, but they are the same. You just choose whether if you want to accept or decline loans. Most people want to decline them, um, and some people don't have a choice and have to accept them. We'll talk more about the difference between grants and loans on another top uh, podcast episode, but I did want to make that clear. So when it comes to the FAFSA, they open up October 1st every year. So to break that down, the best time for, I would say, a high school student to complete their FAFSA would be their senior year of high school and make sure to complete it um, at the October 1st timeline. At that time, there will be two FAFSAs open. The the FAFSA for the summer, if you're planning on taking classes um, in the summertime, Um, And there also will be the FAFSA for the upcoming fall and spring semesters. Uh, So if you don't plan on taking classes in the summer and you just want to take classes in the fall and spring of the upcoming year, you can just do the FAFSA, um, the one FAFSA for the upcoming year. Hopefully that made sense. It did sound like I was saying a lot. (laughs) But um, a lot of students typically join programs that make you start in the summer. Um, So that's why I advise students to do both FAFSAs. Um, It won't be too hard. You're pretty much connecting your information and your parents' information when it comes to the FAFSA. Um, There is an easy way where you can um, automatically connect the information from the IRS where you don't have to have your parents' tax documents Um, in front of you but sometimes there is a problem with FAFSA where they don't connect through the IRS data retrieval tool so you have to fill it in with your parents information but for the lucky ones that can just use the IRS data tool your FAFSA can be completed within I would say 10 minutes max Um, I used to use that tool um, and I would recommend you do it as well for your information and your parents information 
the FAFSA is definitely um, majority going off your parents' information. And I know a lot of students ask this question, well, what if my parent don't want to give me information? Well, unfortunately, you have to get that information from your parents because the government expects your parents to help you until the age of 24. Now, say, for instance, you were to have a child or if you were to become an independent. So um, you joined the army, um, you were emancipated, things of those sort. There's special things that you will go through with your university. Um, so that your FAFSA can be pulled through. But just simply saying, hey, my parents just said they don't want to, you know, give my information um, isn't usually a good enough reason for your university to move forward and um, complete your FAFSA without your parents' information. Um So I did mention October 1st is the best time to start your FAFSA for the um, summer term and both the fall and spring term. Now the deadline to get the most grants available to you at your institution will be December 1st. So it opens October 1st. Make sure you get it completed by December 1st. Now with that being said, some people think you can, you know, Try to complete it last five days. Um, no, sometimes it does um, create errors. Sometimes the FAFSA website might go down. You never know what may happen. So try to complete it as soon as possible so you can get the most grants um, at your institution. A lot of institutions go by awarding students by that December 1st date. You'll still be eligible for um, certain grants, but you might not be eligible for as many as you possibly could if you complete it by December 1st. Um, so again, December 1st is that priority deadline. Complete that FAFSA by that day um, for both the summer and for that fall and spring. So there's two FAFSAs you're completing um, to get the most um, grants that are eligible to you. Um, and then with that being said, uh, we're going to move on to more information when it comes to granting students awards or grants through FAFSA. So when it comes to granting students grants, what happens is most institutions go by your EFC, so your expected family contribution. So that's going to be information compiled from your parents' household size, how many dependents they have, how much is their income, whether your parents are together or separated, how much your income is, but not so much yours, but more so your parents. Um, we put all that together and it comes up with a EFC number. So it's not your university who creates that number. It's more so FAFSA who creates that number and they send that over to your university. So when you're completing your FAFSA, it asks you, how many institutions would you like to send this information to? You have up to 10 universities you can send it to. I would say send it to any university you think you can because you remember they're all waiting for that December 1st deadline day for you to get your FAFSA in. So say for instance, later on you're like, I did think about going to Notre Dame, but I didn't put on my FAFSA and now it's past December 1st. It's like, yep, like you thought, 
now you don't have as many grant opportunities at that university. So get that FAFSA in again <laughs> by December 1st. So that EFC number, the lower it is, the more eligible you are for grants. The higher it is, the less likely you are eligible for grants and you're more likely to receive just loans. There's not a specific number I could tell you for you to make sure you get it just because you're supposed to be honest on your FAFSA. So with that being said, I don't have that tip for you, but just know the lower your EFC number is, the more grants you're eligible for. Um, and then you might be asking, where do I see this EFC number? Well, at the end of your FAFSA, when you're done completing it, it shows you that on your uh, student aid report. And it's also emailed to you once you complete your FAFSA. Um, there's a bunch of zeros in front of it, and then it has like your number. So if you're ever looking for it, that's where you can find it. Um, and sometimes if you have a high EFC, you still can be eligible for grants. Um, you might not be eligible for as many, but you still have that opportunity to receive grants. So don't be discouraged if your parents make a high income because there might still be something out there for you. So with that information said, I hope this was very helpful for you guys. Um, if you do have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Um, I do have more topics that will um, there that will go off of FAFSA later on in other episodes. So you may get your answer answered then. But I hope you like this episode. Have a great day.